0: It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Hey, welcome to the show. It is October 21st, less than, uh, what, two weeks before the election, And uh, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons like Peggy, Tavis, Kristen, Beth, and Al, Kim and Eugene, Matthew and Celia, Brian, Lee and Jeff, and Chad. I appreciate the support. I couldn't do the program without you. And also, we want to welcome a new client, new advertiser to the program, Growers Hemp. Welcome to our newest sponsor, Growers Hemp, based right here in North Carolina. Growers Hemp was created by farmers who knew that they could make small farming work for families, just like theirs, and help people on their wellness journey. So they succeed when everyone does. That's their model. That's it. It's pretty simple, right? The best quality at a price that's affordable. People take CBD oil for all sorts of reasons. Uh, I take growers hemp CBD oil every night before I go to bed. And when I fall asleep, I sleep deep. Like I sleep hard. I don't know what the difference is. I just know that when I go down, I'm down (laughs) and I sleep and then I wake up and I feel refreshed. So what are you looking for? A better quality of life, a balanced state of mind, maybe a positive mental outlook immune system resilience, deeper sleep, lower tension. You should add the natural alternative Grower's Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp Extract to your daily routine and discover what your reasons are. So over the past few months, listeners to the show have been participating in a focus group with Grower's Hemp. For example, Carol Sue felt, quote, well-rested, and she didn't toss and turn as much as normal. She said, I'm a morning person, and this did not interfere with my normal morning routine. She said she did not feel drowsy. It's not like taking a sleep aid or anything. She said she was surprised at how quickly and gently the drops work, um, and she said she takes about a third of the dropper, and she starts to feel sleepy within 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, as with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by the FDA approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I've said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. All right, so. Look for their ad, Growers Hemp, look for their ad in Our State Magazine, hitting newsstands now. You can also find it on the shelves at the Broad River Hemp Company in Shelby. And remember, Growers Hemp, it's about making small farming work for families and helping people on their wellness journey. Growers Hemp succeeds when everybody else does. That's it. That's the model. Growershemp.com. Growershemp.com. Use the promo code PETE and get 20% off from North Carolina Farmers. To Your Home, Growers Hemp, it's all about the hemp and not the hype. So the media's futile information suppression complex. The last week or so has really been a clarifying moment in American history, but also I would submit in journalism, okay? Because the way that the Hunter Biden story is being covered and is not being covered Uh, raises a lot of concerns about the pathway forward for big tech, for journalism and media outlets, and also our republic. So the Washington Free Beacon, they put out an editorial today, and it says, if you needed evidence that Russian disinformation has become a catch-all term for anything that undermines the Democratic Party's electoral prospects, well, look no further than the response of top party apparatchiks and the mainstream media to last week's New York Post expose on Hunter Biden. According to Senator Chris Murphy, the story is, quote, very likely Russian propaganda. It is amazing, by the way, how quickly that talking point just got blasted out into the left wing ecosystem and surfaced everywhere. I-, I saw it on my own Facebook page from uh, folks who were saying this is all Russian disinformation the Russians are behind it the Russians the Russians like I'm trying to imagine why that is the default position when the New York Post gets access to a hard drive from Hunter Biden who by the way his lawyers asked for it back I think that kind of proves it's his doesn't it so the New York Post runs this story and the reaction on the left is to allege that it's Russian disinformation without any evidence. By the way, you never see that little disclaimer thrown in anywhere. You know, like sometimes, you know, President Trump, without evidence, claimed blah, 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 right? And you see that all the time in the media reports. You don't see that in any of the media reports about the allegation that it's Russian, Russian disinformation. It's never, you know, Senator Chris Coons without any uh uh, examples or without any evidence said it was russian disinformation no it's just treated as truth because that's the benefit of being in the democratic party your allegations your accusations they just get built into the narrative as assumed true so according to uh cnn's josh uh, sorry john harwood uh he says the story is quote clear disinformation by russian intelligence so He's no longer a reporter. He's no longer a journalist. He's a propagandist. Because there isn't any evidence that it's Russian disinformation. In fact, now the FBI and the DOJ, they've all come out and said, no, it's not. It is that it is real. The Biden campaign has offered no suggestion that the emails are phony either. You'd think they'd have come out by now and said something like that. Unless, of course, they're you know laying a trap for Donald Trump to walk into when uh, they go, they have their debate tomorrow night. Maybe that's what's happening. I doubt it, but maybe that's what's happening. Wh- what do I know, right? Rather than race to verify the the New York Post's reporting, though, the other outlets from like the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, they've been trying to raise doubts and cast aspersions on the two young female reporters behind the scoop. Like, why are you going after these two reporters at the New York Post? Isn't that, I thought, undermining our democracy? see it's different when we do it reporters who have stepped out of line and had the temerity to suggest that the new york post may have revealed some newsworthy material they have been swiftly reprimanded nira Tandon, a professional scold and president of the left-wing center for american progress lacerated reporters for sharing the story. She labeled Politico's Mark Capito as, quote, a tool of a Russian campaign to hurt one candidate and help another. (laughs) The New York Times Maggie Haberman provoked a mob attack on Twitter when she shared the story as well. But most reporters were happy enough to self-censor, either for fear of the mob or because they'd just as soon be a part of said mob. The uh, editors at the Washington Free Beacon conclude by saying the reporters at once venerable institutions who at one point might have chased this story have now been cowed into submission and supplanted by a new generation of journalists who view their mission not as informing the voting public, but rather as hurting it, hurting the public towards a particular political outcome. That is why the unauthorized release of Trump's taxes is front-page news, while the unauthorized release of Hunter Biden's emails has to be censored. Then, over at, uh, well, it's at, it's at PJ Media or InstaPundit, uh, but it should have been at USA Today, but it wasn't, because Glenn Harlan Reynolds, who is a professor, law professor at uh, what, University of Tennessee, I believe, and uh, sort of the godfather of blogging at InstaPundit, He is instapundant. He wrote, and he writes regularly, columns for USA Today. USA Today refused to run his latest column. What was it about? Take a guess. That's correct. Hunter Biden. (laughs) He says in a disclaimer on this post that he put on his own website that his regular editor is on vacation and I guess everybody else was afraid to touch it. So I'm sending them another column next week and I'll just publish this one here. And the headline is Big Tech Burned by Biden Blunder. I mean, that's an impressive alliteration. Why would that not automatically get play (laughs) in the newspaper, especially USA Today? I just find it uh, a little bit on the nose that they censored a piece on media censorship. Don't you think so? <laughs> so the emails, he says, demolished Joe Biden's claim that he never discussed business with his son, Hunter Biden. Because that's what Joe Biden said, remember? He said uh, in an interview a couple months ago maybe during the primary you know he said there he, he never once discussed any of his business dealings with hunter biden and everybody at the time me included said that seems kind of weird how do you make that kind of a uh, a black and white statement like you never once asked him anything about his business ever like at like thanksgiving hey hunter how's business going oh you're an international consultant um Yeah. Oh yeah. I ran into so-and-so. He said, Hey, nothing like that. Nothing like that has ever come up according to Joe Biden. That's what he said. I didn't believe it then. And the reason uh, I had for it was just didn't sound believable. And it turns out it wasn't because it's a lie. It's a lie. The emails show that this is a lie, which is newsworthy. If you got Joe Biden lying about uh, his knowledge of Hunter Biden's business dealings—that is newsworthy, unless, of course, it's two weeks before an election and you want Biden to win. Some people doubted its genuineness. The the story, okay, and of course, look—it's always fair to question uh these kinds of stories dropping right before an election—an October surprise, which, by the way. I don't think October surprises are as effective any longer because of early voting and absentee voting. And uh, do you think maybe the push to get everybody to vote early to, quote, bank the votes uh, might have been a play uh, to get ahead of the scandals that they knew were going to come? The earlier you can get the votes banked, it means something happens later. It's not going to change your vote. You can't change your vote. You already voted. So. Get everybody out to the polls early, get them all on, uh, get all the ballots banked, and then doesn't matter if all of the scandal erupts. In fact, might actually be beneficial. If the scandal erupts and then Biden becomes sort of lame duck Biden immediately, maybe he resigns. And then you got Kamala Harris as the president. Maybe that's the play. I don't know. The way you debate whether a story is accurate or not, though, is by debating. Exactly. If you if you want to show uh, that a story is incorrect, the answer is to show it's incorrect. It's not to censor it and bury it and tell people not to look at it, okay? This is what Glenn Reynolds uh, goes over. He says, big tech went for the blackout instead of letting it be debated, and he says there's a long-standing internet term called the Streisand effect. Do you know what the Streisand effect is? Do you remember what this was related to? This was great. Barbara Streisand, remember this, she demanded that people stop sharing pictures of her beach house. Do you remember this? It's on social media and people put a picture or whatever, and she's like, don't you share that picture? And so, of course, what happened? The result was a massive increase in the number of people posting pictures of her beach house. <laughs> the, <laughs> it's called the Streisand effect. The big tech blackout produced the exact same result. And now even people who didn't really care about Hunter Biden's racket nonetheless became angry. And they started talking about it, as lefty journalist Glenn Greenwald wrote at The Intercept. Twitter and Facebook crossed a line far more dangerous than what they censored. I'll get into more of what Glenn Greenwald said in a minute. First, MattressManStores.com is the website you need to go check out the inventory at Mattress Man. You can of course go to any one of their four stores. They've got them in Asheville. Uh, Arden and Hendersonville, they do ship nationwide. So if you are listening outside of Western North Carolina, don't worry, they can get the mattress to you. So if you want to sleep on a Biltmore mattress, one of the mattresses that are you know, the same ones that are at the Biltmore Hotel and Inn, uh, you want one of those mattresses, they'll ship it right to you. Okay, if you're local, they will deliver it to you and set it up for you, five-star local mattress. White Glove Delivery Service. They have a 120-day comfort guarantee. They have all the best mattresses. As I mentioned, the Biltmore Collection made by Restonic. Uh, They also have Nature's Spa, which is the newest brand of mattresses by Paramount Sleep. That is a series of hybrid mattresses, and it's sold through Bloomingdale's, the high-end department store. And it's featured at blackberry farm in tennessee but they have all sorts of mattresses the traditional inner spring pocketed spring memory foam pillow top natural latex hand tufted two-sided hotel foam they've got adjustable bases as well they've got it all go check them out online at mattressmanstores.com and experience the difference at mattress man buy local and sleep better so glenn greenwald at the intercept and look full disclosure i have long believed that uh, Greenwald and The Intercept are basically acting as Russian cutouts. Uh, they, they, they launder information and stories uh, through their website. So I don't necessarily have a high opinion of him. But when you're right, you're right. And uh, Greenwald says state censorship is not the only kind of censorship. He's exactly right. This was one of the arguments I was having with people when all of this first happened. They'd say, oh, the government isn't doing it. It doesn't matter if the government is doing it. It's still censorship. Yes, government censorship is also illegal and unconstitutional. However, private censorship is still censorship. Okay, it doesn't cease to be censorship just because a corporation does it. Okay? Private sector repression of speech and thought, particularly now in the internet era, can be as dangerous and as consequential. And uh, he says Imagine, for instance, if these two Silicon Valley giants, Facebook and Twitter, were to unite with Google and declare that from now on, we ban all content that is critical of Donald Trump. He's the president. And he's a Republican Party leader. And so, you know what? No criticism of the Republican Party. And we're going to actively promote criticisms of Joe Biden and the Democrats. That's the way this is going to go. We're going to promote attacks on your guy and we're going to ban any attacks on this other guy. Do you think Democrats would allow that to occur? Would anybody encounter difficulty understanding why such a decree would constitute dangerous corporate censorship. Would Democrats respond to that kind of a policy by shrugging it off on the radical libertarian ground that you know private corporations have the right to do whatever they want? To ask that question is to answer it, he says. I think he is exactly right on this. By the way, there is a new twist in the case of Hunter Biden. Yeah, Andrew McCarthy, writing at National Review... He is a senior fellow at National Review Institute. Uh, he's a, a National Review contributing editor. He's also former federal prosecutor. He wrote a book called Ball of Collusion, The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy a President. Um, and he goes over the details. He sort of condenses down reporting that was done by Peter Schweitzer and Seamus Bruner. I'm going to get to that in a minute. In November 2011, an elite group of Chinese Communist Party members and billionaire cronies of the government... Uh, Secured a meeting in the White House said to be with Vice President Biden and other Obama administration officials through Hunter Biden's associates. News of the meeting has been broken by Peter Schweitzer and Seamus Bruner. Schweitzer, who has spent years tracking Washington's web of money, influence, and access, is the author, most recently, of a book called Secret Empires, How the American Political Class Hides Corruption and Enriches Family and Friends, which focuses on the Biden family, by the way, among other intriguing money trails on both sides of the political aisle. Schweitzer and Bruner have obtained the cooperation, get this, of Hunter Biden's former business partner, a person by the name of Bevan Cooney, who is serving a federal sentence for a fraud scheme. Another Hunter Biden business partner, Devin Archer, was also convicted. Hunter Biden was featured in the evidence but was not charged. Cooney has given the investigative journalists access to his email account, which contains years of correspondence with Biden, Archer, and others. Do you think Democrats are freaking out about this? The authors have begun writing reports. They've been published at Breitbart, and Schweitzer has also been interviewed about it on Sean Hannity's Fox News program. Now, obviously, those are very pro-Trump venues. So it is worth noting that solid reporting Schweitzer did on the Clinton Foundation, which was the subject of his book, Clinton Cash, was also examined and relied on by the New York Times when it did its reporting on the Clinton Foundation uh, and the uranium deal. Based on Cooney's emails, so the former partner of Biden, the authors report that in November 2011, Hunter Biden's business associates arranged meetings at the White House for a delegation of something called the China Entrepreneur Club, a.k.a. the commies. <laughs> and <laughs> this thing was set up in 06. Um It was led by Communist Party leaders, had some government officials, diplomats and billionaire business executives with close ties to the government um, that visit to the White House is said to have been uh, have included a meeting with then Vice President Joe Biden. So, again, Biden's lie that he had no knowledge or interaction with Hunter Biden and his business is now provably and demonstrably false. In discussions among themselves, Hunter Biden's associates reportedly made it clear that they anticipated cashing in on business prospects that were expected to arise from providing the Chinese contingent with high-level access to the Obama administration. Based on interviews with Cooney, along with the emails and a review of the White House visitor logs, Schweitzer and Bruner relate that the delegation was logged in as guests of a guy named Jeff Zients or Zeintz, Zeintz. Anyway, he was the deputy director of Obama's Office of Management and Budget. The Chinese visitors got high level access, including a personal meeting with Vice President Biden. And according to the authors, this was an off the books meeting not recorded in the White House logs. Yeah. So confirmation of the original New York Post story, is it not? It is. Here's something else that is Old Grouch's Military Surplus is the best place for you to pick up some cold weather gear. Cold weather gear that'll keep you warm and toasty, whether you're out hunting or working. And you're going to get this stuff for a lot cheaper than you're going to get it at a most outdoor store. I'm talking stuff like uh, military grade thermal underwear, wool and fleece toboggans, wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets, military field jackets, wool sweaters. You can also pick up an emergency kit for your car. You leave it in your car. So God forbid there's ever any kind of an emergency. You're going to be prepared. You're going to have, you know, warm clothes, a blanket and an emergency, you know, the emergency space blanket, tinfoil looking one. Um, You can get rations, uh, so this way you can keep them in the car and, you know, if you ever need to eat food in your car, they won't spoil, they won't go bad in the heat or the cold. They got backpacks as well for the kids if they're going back to school, if Governor Roy ever allows that to happen, um, and these are going to be, uh, Better material, better built, better made, uh, because they're military surplus. Old Grouch's military surplus for more than three decades on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. Tucker Carlson on Fox News last night uh, had a really, I thought, powerful uh, monologue where and now it's published at fox news i guess they do this regularly it's at foxnews.com he said last week we learned how biden altered this country's foreign policy to help his son's lobbying interests big tech and the national media tried hard to kill that story but it hasn't really gone away leader he says facts are like that they're hard to erase leaders of the democratic party are very aware of that of course and it terrifies them so They're doing everything they can to prevent you from seeing that information before you make up your mind. And that includes concocting ludicrous and potentially dangerous conspiracy theories about foreign interference in our political system. He's exactly right on this. This is the play. This is run out the clock. If you need a more local example of it, Cal Cunningham. They're doing the exact same thing. You know what they did yesterday? This is amazing. Yesterday, the Cunningham campaign sent him out to some event that, they didn't tell any media about they pulled up a Democratic Party van. They had like a van with all the stickers and stuff, all the, the the logos of all the candidates and everything. And he gets up there. He's got all these yard signs all around him. He makes some comments. I've not seen any video of the comments, but he gets up there, makes some comments. They take a picture and then they whisk him away. And they're they're pretending that he's campaigning. This it's a fake campaign. They're not putting him in front of anybody that could ask him a question about now his multiple affairs. They're not putting him in front of anybody that's going to ask him a question about whether he's being investigated by the uh, the army and whether uh, you know he thinks he violated the UCMJ. Does he think it was unethical what he did and how can we trust him when he built an entire campaign? He's still sending mailers out, by the way, in his campaign, touting his honor, integrity, and service and all this. He's still campaigning as if all of the scandal just didn't happen. It's a bold strategy. We'll see if it works. But when you have a compliant media, it's a lot more likely it will. This is this is the problem with, uh, the, with the modern technology being what it is. You can basically uh, create the illusion of a campaign when you're not actually even running. You know what I think of it as? The, uh, the friend that you have on Facebook, and they've always got pictures up there posted where... They're in, like, these really gorgeous locations, and they're like, oh, look at this. You know, Pete's always uh, in the most beautiful places, and, oh, look, he's doing the most cool things ever, always. There's never just a picture of me, how I spend most of my time, you know, sitting at my desk reading. <laughs> There's no no pictures of that. It's, it's always just, like, these fantastic things. And then, of course, what happens is people start feeling bad about their own lives. Man, I'm not... I'm not going to really beautiful places. Well, what's up with that? Oh, I'm not really doing the most cool stuff ever. Man, my life stinks. Like there's that kind of uh, uh, response from people who see this. This is the illusion that social media allows you to create. This is the illusion that the Count Cunningham campaign is creating. And it's the illusion that the Biden campaign is creating as well. I will be surprised Well, I shouldn't say surprised. I think it's I would not be surprised, let's put it that way, if they cancel tomorrow night's debate, too, if they find a way to get Biden out of that debate. And unfortunately, I think Donald Trump might actually help because Donald Trump just seems to be able to do that, you know, step on a rake here and there. Um, And just like he did with Joe Biden in the first debate, and then the second one gets canceled, like you want Biden on that stage. You want to be asking him all of these questions. You need to be the one to push these issues because the media is obviously not going to do it. Carlson went on to say that in the final days before we vote, they're not even bothering to hide what they're doing or their methods. He said senior figures in our vast national security state are working in concert with the Democratic Party to get Joe Biden elected. It sounds nutty even to say out loud, but it's not nutty. It's happening. They're showing us what they're doing. He called it an ominous moment when every power center in the nation that includes big tech, big media, the finance establishment, the federal spy agencies, when every power center aligns behind a common political goal, you have a very dangerous axis that is far too much power concentrated in one place. He goes on to talk about a lot of things, actually, in this commentary. I highly recommend that you uh, watch it. I linked it up at uh, the Patreon page for patrons, by the way, so you can get direct access there or find it yourself. Um, He says none of the emails are fake. The laptop is real. Hunter Biden signed for it. His lawyer even asked for it back. Uh, He says they're not even really trying to convince you that Russia did this. They're just trying to bully everybody into shutting up, right? This is it's amazing how, you know, how old this video was, but how true it still is. It's now going on 20 years that Andrew Claven did a piece about the left's tactic of shut up. He called it shut uppery. And it's a great term, and it perfectly encapsulates the way the left argues. They do not attempt to convince or persuade any longer. All they want is for you to shut up. Stop debating. Stop presenting a different side of the story. Because they're right, everyone else is wrong, and if you have the temerity to even ask questions, and by the way, we're seeing this with COVID-19 right now. It's occurring right now in real time. Anybody that asks a question is automatically uh, branded as somebody who wants to kill old people. He says they want you to stop talking about the New York Post story for the next two weeks while it still matters so Trump can lose. And maybe it'll work. We don't know. We're going to find out. That's the key. This is the exact same thing that's happening again with the Cal Cunningham story. They just want us to stop talking about it for the next two weeks. After that, sure, fine. We don't care. We won the seat. Even if Cal has to uh, resign in disgrace, we'll get to appoint his replacement. Totally fine. Like, that's the way the play is being run. It's at the national level, and it's at our Senate level in North Carolina. Carlson concluded by saying we're going to have to Live with, uh, uh, he says, what's going on uh, is that we're going to have to also live with uh, when the smoke clears. And what then? In the mad scramble to unseat the president, our core institutions are being destroyed. A free press, fair elections, spy agencies that won't turn their dark arts on the public. All of that is disappearing. We should be very concerned about that. And we should fight to get those institutions back, no matter what you think of Trump. It's a, it just happened to me today. I had a lefty come at me and accused me of, you know, oh, you voted for Trump. I did not vote for Trump. Doesn't matter. My criticism of whatever the topic was is unrelated to my vote for or against Donald Trump. You cannot view everything through this prism of Trump all the time. It, it corrupts your thinking. It deteriorates it. it. It means you can no longer think for yourself. Everything is just a reflex, whether it's, you know, Trump good, so I agree, Trump bad, so I disagree, whatever it is, you got to look at stuff outside the prism of Trump. Okay, we can assess him on his merits, criticize him when he does bad things, that's fine. But this constant need to view everything through the prism of Trump is incredibly destructive. It's just incredibly destructive. Um, All right, let me get to a couple other things here. The AP, uh, they did a big expose here, really dug into the numbers, and they found, get this, that most of the people that have been arrested during the violent protests are not uh, leftist radicals. (laughs) They're just, you know, they're just regular people from the suburbs. I mean... (sighs) Why, why do you think these are the people Trump is trying to court, too? It's re, this is really an amazing moment for the AP because you start looking, you get a peek behind the curtain, a look at their mentality, their assumptions that are just baked in. Like, what are you saying about who you think lives in the suburbs? It's really odd. President Donald Trump portrays the hundreds of people arrested nationwide in protests against racial injustice as violent, urban, left wing radicals violent urban left-wing radicals um the people that have been arrested i would submit they are violent that's generally why they're getting arrested and look i'm sure there are different examples here and there anecdotes where there's one guy two guys even 10 or 12 right that are arrested that are not violent but generally speaking right the truth is general generally speaking they are, in fact, violent, hence the arrest, with, of course, the standard disclaimer that just because you are arrested, you do have your day in court, innocent until proven guilty and all of that. But this is, this is gaslighting that the AP is doing right here, trying to tell us that what, we, what we've seen occurring in cities across America, and notably in Portland and Seattle, that we're not actually seeing that, that these are actually a bunch of right-wingers or moderates. You know, these are apolitical people. You know, and they're not violent at all. I mean, they just happen to be picking up Molotov cocktails and throwing them at, you know, police officers. But they're not violent people. They're also not urban people, which I don't even understand what that means. Urban people. So just you have an address that is what inside an urban core or is it inside an MSA, a metropolitan statistical area? Like, how are you defining urban? versus what, suburban or rural, and then left-wing and radical, right? These are the four descriptions, violent, urban, left-wing radicals, okay? I would submit most of them are. I submit most of the people that are arrested um, are all of those things. But an AP review of thousands of pages of court documents tells a different story. Ooh, OK. Well, I'm very curious now. Now, by the way, if you're curious about getting some new power equipment, then the Varna sale, a general equipment rental, is where you want to be now through the end of the month. Take advantage. Of big savings, the Husqvarna fall sale. Go to generalrents.com. Check out the chainsaws, the lawn mowers, the trimmers, the saws, the blowers. Um, you can see all of the inventory that they have there. Also, by the way, the stand-on mowers, Husqvarna just raised their suggested manufacturer retail price, but General Equipment Rental did not. So they're not raising their price. So if you need a new stand-on mower, like you're a landscaper, uh, this is a great opportunity to pick one up at the original lower price. Lower by a grand. Save a bunch of money. Not going to be a better time to pick it up now. And if you go to the website generalrents.com, you'll get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. Uh, You can also learn about commercial fleet discounts, general equipment rental in Weaverville. It's at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Family owned and operated for three generations. And Um, Keep in mind, they also have tools for every other project, okay? So if you just need a tool for one project, you can go rent it from General Equipment Rental. It's like right there in their name, like Equipment Rental, Eh? right? Whatever the project, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox, Alrighty, so the AP says very few of the people charged appear to be affiliated with, quote, highly organized extremist groups. So there you go. That's the escape hatch they're using. See, if you just redefine the term, then it makes it so much easier to deny that the term applies to some population of people, right? That's what they're doing. So the AP sets up this straw man saying that Donald Trump says that the people who have been arrested are violent, urban, left-wing radicals. But we looked at their uh, arrest records and we found they're not affiliated with highly organized extremist groups. Well, is that the same thing? Does that mean because you're not affiliated with a, quote, highly organized extremist group, does that mean you're not violent, that you can't be violent? That doesn't sound right. Also, what if I'm just moderately organized, right? What if I'm an extremist group and I'm just moderately organized? Oh, here's another one. What's an extremist group? Is it extreme to be Black Lives Matter? Is that extreme? Is it extreme to be opposed to fascism? If you're just simply wanting to punch Nazis, then is that extreme? Right. Because they would submit. It is not. It is not extreme to combat the fascism that is uh, on the streets every day in Trump's America. What's extreme? That's the reframing. Highly organized extremist groups, or as Joe Biden would call it, an idea. The AP says many of those arrested are young suburban adults from the very neighborhoods Trump vows to protect from the violence in his re-election push to win support from the suburbs. I thought this was interesting, too. Why are you tying this to Trump? Once again, viewing everything through the prism of Donald Trump. Why would you tie this to Trump? Why are you making this about Trump? It goes. It's another example. When the scandal is about a Republican, the story is the scandal. And when the scandal is about Democrats, which, by the way, this story is, all of the violence and the, the, uh, the protesting, the looting, the rioting, uh, all of that is a Democrat scandal, okay? And so when it is a Democrat scandal, the story is the Republican reaction to the scandal. And that's what we have here from the AP, who is saying that, oh, you know, most of the people that are arrested here, not even most, sorry, they say many of the people, many who are arrested are young suburban adults. Okay, where are they arrested, though? Where are they being arrested? They're being arrested in urban centers, downtown cities, right? In these commercial and business districts in the cities. So they're coming from the suburbs into the city. That doesn't make the characterization of them as urban wrong. Violent urban left-wing radicals, that's who's doing it and where they're doing it at that time. They're doing it in the urban core. Not to say there hasn't been violence, the AP goes on to say later. I mean, we're not saying there's not violence. Like, uh, you know, 93% of the time these things are peaceful. Now, I mean, there are 7% that's not peaceful. (laughs) It's a mostly peaceful thing. Um, Not to say there's not violence. Police cars have been set on fire. Officers have been injured and blinded. Windows have been smashed and stores looted and businesses destroyed. Oh, and also... People have been killed, AP. I'm not sure you're aware of that. People have, in fact, been killed during these mostly peaceful uh, protests. Of more than 300 arrested, there are about 286 defendants. Others had their charges dropped. Some live in cities like Portland and Seattle, where local prosecutors declined to bring some protest-related charges. Why would they do that? some of those facing charges undoubtedly share far left and anti-government views. Really? Why would you think that? How could you make such a determination? Did you go through 286 defendants, social media profiles, far right protesters also have been arrested and charged, though. The AP says they spend like a full page talking about like three of these right wingers that got arrested because there wasn't enough violence going on. So they went to incite some, um, Some defendants have driven to protests from out of state. Some have criminal records and were illegally carrying weapons. Others are accused of using the protests as an opportunity to steal or create havoc. Yeah, in other words, a riot. In other words, rioting, looting, bad behavior, mayhem. Right. We're all aware of what's been going on. And for a lot of people, by the way, just a heads up here, AP, most Americans, I would submit, don't give a flying fig Newton about the mailing address of the people that get arrested. They just want it to stop. And they look at the city uh, administrations in, in you know these various locales as the reason why. The violence is continuing. They look at prosecutors that keep dropping charges. They look at city officials that keep encouraging more protests and and telling cops to stand down. And meanwhile, then they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe all these police officers are quitting the job. They're quitting the force. Why is this happening? And then you got the radicals that are out there being like, "Uh, yes, this is fantastic. Quit your job. Quit your job. They keep chanting that to the cops and the cops are doing it. So they're celebrating. So that's not a radical position, though, right? Not a radical position. To tell the cops to quit their jobs so we don't have any more police. That's that's not a radical. Just to go back to the original description, violent urban left-wing radicals, not a radical position. Okay. Some of those, uh, sorry, many uh, have no previous run-ins with the law and no apparent ties to Antifa. Well, considering you guys don't even really believe it exists, why would I think or trust you could be able to figure that out, find that connection to Antifa because Andy No has found connections to Antifa. Yeah, I got his story right here too, but this didn't turn up uh, in the a p story many have had they just say many they don't give us any breakdown on these numbers by the way um they say they have no many have no apparent ties to antifa the umbrella term for leftist militant groups that Trump has said he wants to declare a terrorist organization. This idea once again just baked into the assumed narrative as true that antifa doesn't exist It's not organized it's an idea, as Joe Biden called it. most of these demonstrations have been peaceful, the AP says. Just like, you know, O.J. Simpson, most of his life, he didn't kill anybody, right? Most of his life, like 99% of his life, he spent not killing people, right? I don't understand this. Uh, Let's talk about all the people he didn't murder, really. That's how he should be judged. In dozens of cases, the AP says... The government has pushed to keep the protests. The federal government has now gotten involved in a lot of these cases, pushing, um, yeah, they've been pushing to keep the protesters behind bars while they await their trials, amid the COVID nineteen pandemic that's already killed more than two hundred twenty thousand people. Like so, the AP there's again leading you, hurting you to a position that how dare they try to keep these kids these. Innocent babies. They've they're not violent. 99% of the time of their life, they've never done anything violent. They don't go around throwing Molotov cocktails at everybody all the time. This is just this one time. Okay, this one guy took a bat to a cop's head. Just the one time. Can't he be set free? That's what they're arguing, right? The reason why the feds are doing this is because the locals keep releasing these people back out onto the streets to continue their mayhem. If you're trying to prevent mayhem in your website, then you got to get Schaefer Smith designed, by the way, to help you out with this. Um, Your website is really important. You know this. Uh, You want it to turn up in search engine results. Um, you know, unlike a, an Antifa protester, like you want people to find it um, and you might not know a lot about that, how to do it, how to design a website, how to maintain it, how to protect it. Schaefer Smith Design can help you. Professional services, corporate Small businesses, entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics, logos, photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance, and security. Basically, help you build a website from the ground up. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. The AP says, in some cases, prosecutors have gone so far as appealing judges' orders to release defendants to try to keep them in jail. Right? Pre-trial detention generally is reserved only for people who are clearly dangerous to the community or a risk of fleeing. Well, I would submit that if you're participating in nightly riots in the downtown uh, business district, uh, I would submit that turning you loose to go have time to participate in the nightly protests... That is a risk, right? You've already shown that you cannot behave yourself in this riotous mob. And so, um, yeah, we know that they keep going on every single night. And so if we release you, you're probably going to go back down there. And you've already shown uh, a gross inability to control your impulses. So in Texas, for example, Magistrate Judge Andrew Austin repeatedly challenged the prosecutor to explain why Cyril Lartigue who authorities say was caught on camera making a Molotov cocktail. Why he should be behind bars while he awaits his trial. Latigue described his actions that night as a flash of stupidity. He's a 25-year-old. He lives with his parents in, the, in Austin, in a suburb, and he's never been in trouble with the law and wasn't a member of a violent group. And so the judge let him out. Uh, several of the defendants are not from the Democratic-led cities that Trump has likened to war zones. Aha, we found these people that are from uh, suburbs where Republicans tend to live. Why do you think Republicans all live in the suburbs? I lived in a suburb. There were a lot of non-Republicans around me. My neighbors were not Republicans. (laughs) This is bizarre to me. Of the 93 people arrested on federal criminal charges in Portland, 18 are from out of state. Eighteen Out of 93, 18 are from out of state. This has contributed to a blame game that has been a subplot throughout the protests. Leaders in Minneapolis and Detroit have decried people from out of state uh, and suburbanites for coming into their cities and causing havoc. And that's true, by the way. I have no doubt that people do, uh, they do go to the source of the mayhem, right? They are going where, uh, where the mayhem is occurring. Well, I mean, look, when you plan these kinds of, disruptions for a certain location, the people who are interested in participating in those disruptions are going to go to that location. Now, go ahead and try to plan some of these for the suburbs if you would like to. I suspect there might be a different response, however, from the residents. See, it's one of the nice things about uh, holding your riots in a downtown district like this is that a lot of the businesses leave. They're closed during the COVID stuff, so there aren't a lot of people there. You go into uh, a gated community or something. Well, you saw what happened when that crowd tried to bust into the one in what St. Louis and the, what was it? Uh, the McCluskeys, right? That came out with their weapons. I suspect that's the kind of interaction you're going to end up having uh, when you go into suburbs. Just a prediction. This has contributed to the blame game. They said Trump uh, has been blaming the cities for not doing their part. Right. Well, they're not. They're not policing. They're not arresting and they're not uh, convicting. This is all because, by the way, this goes to the campaigns to elect left wing uh, district attorneys as well so they can release all of these people so they never have to face any kind of consequences for the mayhem that they have uh, just perpetrated. More than 40 percent of the people facing federal charges are white. A third are black. More than a third are black. uh, And the rest are Hispanic. Two thirds are under the age of 30, and most of them are men. Uh, More than a quarter have been charged with arson, uh, which means a five-year minimum prison sentence. What else? Oh, I mentioned Andy No from the uh, postmillennium.com. He says two Antifa protest buddies have been charged for their alleged involvement in the plotting and execution of serious violent attacks on Seattle police at Antifa riots throughout September. So these are the people, I guess, that are not, what, radical, left-wing, violent urbanites, right? Danielle Elizabeth McMillan, a 29-year-old realtor. Has been charged by King County prosecutors for attempted arson in the first degree. She's accused of bringing a concealed firebomb to an Antifa Black Block riot outside of the police department in Seattle, the East Precinct, on September 1st. Uh, this was the area previously occupied by the Chaz, the CHOP, the CHOP, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. McMillan is alleged to have lit and thrown the incendiary device at the facility. The device failed to make it over the fence, protecting the building and shattered on the ground. McMillan's alleged black block accomplice, 19 year old Jacob Bennett Greenberg is charged with felony first degree attempted arson, uh, along with a bunch of other things, assault and reckless burning. Um, he is the stepson of former Washington State lawmaker Laura Ruderman, who served um, in the 45th legislative district as a Democrat from 1999 through 2005. Greenberg is accused of successfully throwing a Molotov cocktail at the East Precinct the same night, shortly after McMillan's failed attempt. Okay. By the way, they have now um, they've got the uh, text messages between these two. Yeah, they discussed how to make the ingredients, the affidavit, provides some of the clearest evidence of Seattle Antifa organizing using encrypted messaging applications like Signal and Telegram. Those are apps. Investigators seize two phones, and it shows them planning these attacks and their desire to kill law enforcement. They discussed what ingredients they needed for the Molotov cocktails, uh, and after the riots, they... Uh, That night, they congratulated each other. They expressed a desire to memorialize this direct action with tattoos of Molotov cocktails. (laughs) They wanted to do this. Molotov cocktails. This woman's a realtor. She's been fired, by the way. She's been fired. Um, Now, if you need to fire your realtor because she's been doing Antifa protests, then uh, what a great opportunity to get Rowena Patton and her All-Star Powerhouse team to work for you. Buying or selling, the only agent I would call to... Uh, buy a house we already did by the way we're buying a house using Rowena and her team Uh, if I'm selling a house same thing we got friends they just listed their house they got multiple offers within days Uh, don't let this opportunity go to waste if you're thinking about selling contact Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team the phone number is 333-4483 that's 333-4483 mountainhomehunt.com is the website that's mountainhomehunt.com and start packing But not like packing like an Antifa head into a uh, riot. Okay, not like that. Um, But uh, Greenberg on these chats boasted about assaulting a cop in the head with a baseball bat. McMillan said she was very proud of Greenberg. Greenberg said, I appreciate it. I'm proud, too. He he wish he didn't have a helmet on. LOL. McMillan later asked him if he had deleted their communications, which apparently somebody did not. Beyond McMillan's alleged violent antifa activity, she's got a long criminal record. Um, McMillan also recently deleted or obscured all of her social media accounts. And uh, her bail was set at $100,000, which was paid. And uh, she has been reached for comment. Um, Greenberg's bail is currently at $750,000, and he is still in the county jail. By the way, this does have a connection to Asheville, somewhat. Two protesters who were charged a few weeks back with misdemeanors related to a demonstration downtown, including failure to disperse, Uh, they have had their charges dropped. The DA confirmed his office uh, has also added new charges against... Asheville's Fraternal Order of Police president, Rondell Lance, uh, who turned down a plea deal, setting a stage now for a trial with the new charges against him. He was initially charged with three misdemeanors, two counts of assault on a female, one count of impersonating an officer. This uh, due to the August 8th protest. I had Rondell Lance on the program. You can go back and find that episode and listen to his account of what happened. Uh, he went in there to pull antifa and other protesters off of the cops and he told the cop at one point I'm police he told somebody I'm police so now they the citizens including the former Democratic Party chairman of Buncombe County they filed charges against him for impersonating a cop and the DA is prosecuting so it's going to trial they offered him a deal to drop the assault charges if he pleaded guilty to the impersonation charge but uh, he refused so we'll keep an eye on that maybe have him back on the program. That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a positive review. Think about becoming a patron. I appreciate you listening. i talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.